For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with two-time Super Bowl winner Carl Banks and the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. The Giants hit the bye at 6-2, and two, Banksy, and... Um, I guess the big storyline is the fact that they didn't make a trade at the trade deadline on Tuesday. And I know fans were clamoring for the Giants to add a wide receiver or something like that, but the price wasn't right as far as they were concerned. You know, um, both of us have raised families and we do a lot of shopping and you travel, you're on the road a lot. And Joe Shane used a phrase with Sean O'Hara, says they're not going to be shopping hungry, which means that you're not going to need jerk, you're not going to overpay, you're not going to get something that you regret uh, a few months down the line. When you can wait, you have the flexibility uh, to, to shop on your own terms. So um, I'm not surprised, <clears throat> I'm not surprised at all that nothing, no move was made because we've said this from the begin, from before training camp, the team is not this year away from a Super Bowl. There is a, a need to upgrade talent across the board. So going to get, let's just say if it were Jerry Judy, does it exponentially change, um, or appreciably change the team's ability to go any further than they are. Like Judy's young, he would fit, but are you overpaying for him? Right. right? Uh, what are you giving up that in a year where what I'm understanding is that there are no alpha receivers in this draft, but there are a lot of them, right? So your value can probably be in day two. Uh, where you're not reaching in day one for a, you know, a game-breaking type of receiver. So, listen, I thought they did uh, what they thought was in the long-term best interest of building this roster. Um, if you want Italian marble, you can't go. You want real Italian marble, you just can't go to any store and say, I want marble. And if they have it, they're going to tell you, you got to wait. Okay. Right. You got to wait. We can order it, but you got to wait for it. Um, you want a nice chandelier from Greece? Well, you got to wait. Oh, you've been we don't have it in stock. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's one of those deals where you keep developing your roster. Um, you, you try to get more. Um, at the end of the day, you're six and two. Right. With this roster. You're going to get some guys back. Again, you're not this season away from the Super Bowl, and I don't think you're that much closer 
had you made a trade and given away uh, some valuable draft picks. You are literally rebuilding this team. This is not a, we, you know, plug here, plug there, and we're off and running. No, this is total reconstruction. And so that's the way they're going to go about it. They're going to get the pieces that they, they want uh, and that they need and not some knee jerk. Well, you know, this guy's doing well here. And then the other thing too, which was, you know, where fans have these reactions and they throw names out there. And the question is, why would Jerry Judy be available to fans when they just paid a quarter of a billion dollars to a quarterback? Do you want to take his weapons away and let him start from scratch? Have you not seen Aaron Rodgers right now, who has yet to develop a chemistry with his receivers? Um, I just don't. I, it just sometimes the scenarios sound good, but they make no sense in the world of football. Teams don't dismantle when they pay somebody an extraordinary amount of money and say, okay, hey, Russ, good luck. We, we're taking your best receivers away and we'll figure it out next year. Yeah, I mean, they can't score as it is. Why would they be taking point, uh, players away that can yeah. help them score? Um you know, and then the other thing, too, is this is a point that you made at the beginning of the year, kind of going into the season, was with this new regime coming in with Joe Shane and his new front office and Dable and his new staff, how important this draft was. Now, in the early looks at this draft, uh, it's been a very profitable draft for the Giants. You know, they're getting contributions from a lot of different guys, and, mm -hmm. and they have throughout the course of the season. And you kind of you you always related to your draft eighty four after the Giants were horrible in eighty three, and your draft class led by you was part of the the turning of the corner for the Giants. Sure. But you know, in the eighties, George Young and his crew, were his staff, they had a knack for drafting because mm -hmm. just you know the eighty four draft was outstanding. But so was the 85 draft. Yeah. And so was the 86 draft. So why would you start burning assets for one player right now that doesn't put you over the top? And, and, and those draft picks are in, invaluable as they try to rebuild this program. Yeah. And you're not one, again, you're not one player away or you're not this season away and you're not one player away because if we're looking at this, roster and you, you know there have to be upgrades you got two inside linebacker positions that you gotta upgrade right now they've got some young players they got you know M micah and and mcfadden and a few of those guys but you gotta upgrade in order to be this defense's best you've got to upgrade that you're gonna upgrade one corner position e even if it's at a competitive level um, you've got receiver holes, right? You got interior linemen that you got to, you know, um, I don't think that um, some of these players are long-term starters if you can upgrade on the interior of your line. So there's a lot that you need to get accomplished um, in order to have the type of team you want. And yeah, you could say, well, one you would have been one player closer had you made a draft, but you probably would have been two selections 
you'd have been two out of two opportunities to select players by giving up draft choices too. Right. And then, you know, the, the promising young linebacker that got hurt during camp, you hope that he can come back mm -hmm. because I know that they were excited about Beavers. Let's talk about the trade that they did make. Uh, we have to talk about the Kadarius Tony trade. Um, yeah, sure. Cause we said last week, you know, people were like, Oh, they should redo the pod and react to the Tony trade. What's there to react to? It was yeah. a, it was a, it was a draft pick that failed within the organization. It didn't work out. The guy was only in 12 of possible 24 games. And of those 12 games that he played, how many of them did he leave injured? Um, and he had two catches for no yards. It's they didn't draft him. Clearly they wouldn't have drafted him if they were here. That's that's on the previous group, but there was not much else to say about it. What are you going to keep doing? Like, keep banging your head against the wall and hoping that the guy's healthy and that you can have, you can't plan when the guy, when the guy's always hurt. Yeah. And I sit in a different chair so I can tell you whether the guy was hurt all this time or not, but miraculously he tweets out he's healthy and ready to go now, you know, where um, you're looking at the giants and you're saying, boy, wish this guy could come back. And he's coming back to the point where you say, don't expect him. He's not on the team. He just is not contributing. And the day he's, day he's tra traded, he's like, I'm ready to go. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. And no, we don't have to see. That's for someone else. Um, but, you know, we've heard similar things when um, other players left and didn't do so well either. Believe me, uh, the evaluation. Uh, competence right now, they're not letting, again, they don't let someone walk out of the door if they feel that that player can contribute. They knew Tony's skill set, but they know he was never available. And the prospects of being available didn't look bright. That's why they they cut bait. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's hard to it's hard to go week to week when someone who can be an important part of what you want to do offensively doesn't even practice, um, barely makes it to the practice field health-wise. And if it's not one thing, it's another, and then it's another. And at some point, availability matters. Availability is very important in this Yeah, this is, this is a job that requires your attendance and participation. Yeah. Simple as that. And the better you are, uh, the more is required of you. You move on. Um, I, I made a... a comment that the Giants have a financial anchor at the other wide receiver position and um, hoping to get him back so that they can kind of get something get something going there but you know I, I again I, I will reiterate I don't think Kenny Galladay is washed I just think he's got to get healthy and give him what he's capable of giving them Right. He just hasn't had the chance. Um, we'll see when he comes back. But right now it is a financial anchor because they're not getting any return on investment. But um, that's not a knock on him per se. Um, but until he gets back, that's exactly what it is. Right. And I'll never begrudge a player for whatever their salary is because right. someone agreed to pay you that. So yeah. it's not his fault. And he deserves I mean it uh, if he can get it. You exactly. get everything that you get, you deserve it. I also like some of the things that I've heard out of him as far as 
you know, he's anxious to get back and play. I mean, he's saying all the right things. Um, you know, I know he was frustrated with his role and everything else, and then he got hurt. But, you know, hey, if you're on a team and the team is is doing well, you want to be a part of it. In any you want to be you a can. part of that. Yeah. See, that's yeah, the thing about it. We've been on when, a lot of bad teams. This is a chance to be on a good team. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny because when I said treat them like they're not there, um, if they're not there, right? You find out what guys want to play because they're anxious to be a part of it. They're anxious to be a part of the camaraderie. They're not the guy who just uh, show up. I'll be late every day. Um, you know, not attentive in meetings as opposed to a guy who's attentive in meetings, who uh, wants to join his teammates because he see how much fun they're having and he wants to be a part of that. And to be a part of that means you have to contribute and contributing means they get the high five you coming off the field or you get the high five your buddies coming off the field. Like, so um, I'm never gonna, like I said, whatever Kenny Galladay makes is his, right? I want to see him back. I don't think he's washed. I think he has something to contribute. He may not be the same guy pre-hip injury, but in a in an offense where they're just fiending for competent wide receiver. And look, no knock on the kids that are there. And, you know, their best wide receiver right now is Darius Slayton. And we can get into some missed opportunities to him <clears throat> because Daniel Jones did not, he had his worst fourth quarter of the season. Uh, but there are several factors in that. But um, aside from him, the consistency, Okay, and then even if they can catch it, they can't separate. They can't get off the line. Things that a, a veteran like Kenny Galladay could help this team. So um, I'm hopeful that after the break, he will return and will be able to help the Giants be better at wide receiver. Basketball is back. Bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends, bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, bet online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to bet online. Dot ag to join receive 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure you use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts so carl the giants had the game muddied on sunday against the seahawks you mentioned it uh it was not daniel jones best fourth quarter of the year and then once richie james muffs the punt and they go down 14 it's impossible for them to come back from that as they're constituted. But let's talk a little bit about Jones because um, you had some observations on, you know, listen, we've we've heaped a lot of praise on him this year, but he didn't play great in the fourth quarter. No, he did not have a fourth quarter. I think they'll look at it and he'll say the same thing. And, and I think it's odd to say this, but I think, there was a bit of exasperation. Uh, I think the crowd noise late in the game was probably accelerating his his um, 
his process and not having the trust in either what he's seeing or not seeing uh, in anticipation of some throws. But he he definitely there was there were some reads in the fourth quarter, and I'll have to go back and, and talk to Coach Dable um, about that. But it looked like guys were in the positions they were supposed to be in because there was the right separation and it just the reads weren't there or he took a lesser alternative because you had uh there was a one check down to the tight end that got a first down Darius Slayton took Woolen to school he took him on a a double move and literally had him beat by four steps and Daniel Jones is in that area. The timing wasn't off on the play because it was a clean release by Slayton. The double move was great. And he's wide open. And Daniel checks it down. He keeps the drive alive. He does do that, right? But I just think something was making him press. Like it wasn't a bad decision to get the first down and keep the drive alive, right? But you're back in the game with that play to Darius Slayton. And they call these plays, the coaches call them, the players run them, you gotta execute them, quarterback, because they didn't call that double move by Slayton expecting him not to get open. Right. But, but, it's been so many times when receivers are not open on plays that are called. Now to Slayton's, to Slayton's credit, He's been open, right? Yeah. But when you're going through the process, right, and you know what your reads are, and you spend a half a game with guys not being able to get open, you say, I'm going to take this guy right here because he's right here. He missed it, point blank. It was That was, that was an opportunity, I think. Uh, I don't know what, how many points they were down. Was it one at the time or two? But they're back in the game, right? Big shot play. They got it. He's got to see it. Um, another one, which I got to ask Dable about the schematics of a play. He threw one over the middle. Um, Wondell Robinson was the second level in cut guy. First level wing cut guy was the guy he should have thrown it to. And I don't know if the first level was supposed to clear a little more so that he could see Robinson but he was throwing that ball sight unseen. And the thing is, the reason I asked about the schematics on a dig route or, you know, a crossing route, what is, you know, and I, I didn't pay attention to, it was his own defense clearly, but like, wouldn't it be better to have the smaller guy in front? So that, because if you got a defender, you got to throw it over a defender to the shorter guy. Right. And he, I'm sure he couldn't see him. If he saw him, he flashed. So the question is whether someone was supposed to try to draw the guy out of the zone so that Daniel could see it and hit him in the window. Or if you saw zone Daniel, get it to the guy in front of a linebacker so that he can get it and keep the drive alive. But just reads like that said to me, this is, you know, this has not been the Daniel Jones for you know, um, seven games in three quarters. It just wasn't. 
and Seattle did a really good job of taking away his ability to run. Yep. Um, they kind of choked off the Giants run game. Hey, look, Seattle was the better team on Sunday. They deserved to win the game. They made they made the plays. Um, how do they fix this? What do, what do you think they're going to do, though, with this receiver situation? They keep I mean, working with them, Bob. Some guys are getting better. Some guys aren't. But uh, and some guys who are who they are at this stage of their career. Well, that's what I mean. That, that's the that's the, I mean, some guys are getting the most out of them. It's hard to scheme it. I'm telling you, I, I, I said it alone. Unless you got a guy who can win, it puts such a burden on both quarterback and play callers to constantly try to scheme guys open because when you're scheming and, and this is folks, if you, you know, every team has a scheme, but when you've got to scheme a guy open all the way down the field, you could run 10 plays and not get to midfield with the type of receivers <laughs> we have, right? That puts such a burden on both the quarterback and the play caller because your timing has to be right. There's no margin for error because you know, if a guy slips coming out of the break, He's out of the play, right? If you got guys who can win, a guy slipping coming out of the break, he's back up and running again because he had his guy beat to begin with. Um, got to keep working with him. That's why I think, you know, the addition of a motivated in which he's never been unmotivated, uh, Kenny Galladay will help them. Um, not sure when the tight end's coming back. He would help them. But and then yeah, they miss Be they miss Bellinger on Sunday, yeah. and then Wondell Robinson. I think he's a guy you can scheme for because he can win with his speed. But there are certain things, there are certain routes you can't run him on. He can't be the second level in a on a dig route or or a crossing route, and you got a defender standing right in the line of sight unless he clears that window because you cannot see him over the top of a defender. So. He's got to either run through the window and Daniel's got to anticipate it and throw him into uh, throw him into another window. But you just can't try to uh, throw it right at that that intersect point. So they got a lot of work cut out for him during the bye week. But they always had. <laughs> yeah. That's the beautiful part about having great coaches because they come up with ways to win. And the players, the other part of it, the players – uh, willingness and motivation to um, get better. You know, they'll they'll take what the coaches are giving them to make them better, right? How do you make Daniel Jones, even when a team wants to stop you, how do you make him effective, right? Part of that is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has got to slow the game down. Can't be robotic. If they call a running play to him, um, can't be discouraged if they stop it because there's a counter off of that somewhere. If you can run the wildcat during the course of the, uh, 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 the game, or you can line up in the pistol formation, there are a lot of options available to you out of that pistol, right? Out of the wildcat. So he's got to be patient. He can't press. He can't, and I don't think he's ever felt defeated because certain things weren't working, but he's got to constantly be a thinking man's quarterback. Okay, they, they're taking this away. Have the communication, but have a feel for the game, like when things are going well, right? When they're going well for him, he's, he's dealing and he's feeling it, right? When they're not, that energy level of the offense went down. And so he's always got to stay in the moment 
of, okay, this didn't happen. You know, I got a double move by Slayton. I think we can win on this. I don't want to settle. God damn it. I need you, Slayton. Let's go get mm -hmm. this, right? Like, I don't want, I, I see this tight end here, but shit, I saw his release off the line. I think Slayton's got it. Let me hold his ball and lay it out there to him, right? That's the Daniel Jones you got to be when the crowd is going crazy against you uh, and they've taken away some of the things that they think they're winning at and you got one guy who can win and you got an option. You got a wide receiver open at the sticks or a tight end open at the sticks but you just saw a clean release by your, your best wide receiver, you take that shot. You don't, you don't pull it back and play it safe because you think that play won't work down the field. That's the Daniel Jones for seven games in three quarters. This one was the guy who's like, let me just check it down and get the first down and keep going. Line up to fight another a play. Yeah, I was bummed he missed Cager on that tight end wheel route early, too. Yeah, yeah, that was another one. You know, because especially on the road, like early in the game, you need to make that play because it's going to be a big play for you. And, it's and it just... lingered for a long time. We talked about that single play, Bob, for probably into the third quarter because it just lingered. It was that type of game where it was close enough. Like that play changes how Seattle approaches the game because you just hit them with a big one. And they, again, they dialed it up because they thought it would be open. Um, Daniel Jones has got to slow the game down there. Drop that one in there. It's a touchdown. Let's go to the other side of the ball as we're in the bye week. Um, obviously, you know, Wink Martindale's done a heck of a job. You know, they're, they're not giving up a lot of points this last game, notwithstanding. Um, and let's face it, eventually Lockett was going to catch it and score. I mean, he had one go off his face. Hit him mask. in the face, yeah. Metcalf's a stud. Um, you know, Goodwin's a really good player. But um, as you look at this defense, what are some of the things that they have to do in the second half of the season in order to continue to win? Uh, there's a couple things that they've got to do better that they're already doing good. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau has to impact even more than he is. Getting close and hustle plays are great because he has proven that he's worth the pick. Now it's time for him to take it up another level. Like he's running around the quarterback. He's there watching him pass the quarterback. He's got two options, right? Because they're respecting his speed. That's why they're pushing him by the quarterback. Now they got to respect his power. And they got to respect his ability to throw a move and go inside. Um, you know, because he gets up the field, he turns the corner, turns the corner. That's a lot of effort, right? If they're going to respect your speed right there, <clears throat> then he's got to know speed to power. And he's got to know, he's got to have a sense of when to use it. Because once you go speed to power, now the tackle doesn't know which one he's going to get. And he's going to give you both at, at some point. Because... He's running you past the quarterback and you're still turning the corner, getting hands on the quarterback just as he's throwing the ball, right? You've yet to turn speed into power. Now it's time to activate that. Uh, and then off of that, you're going to have two other things. So, you know, I call him the closer. I, I really believe he is. Um, and he's, he's proven to me in making plays down the field. He's making plays in the run game. 
He's had his share of quarterback hits. Now it's time to really close out and get sacks. And I think he can. He just has to make that adjustment. On the other side of the football, um, or, or behind the line of scrimmage, I, I should say, you know, it is what it is. I think they should start to incorporate Landon Collins more at the second level of the defense, especially in passing defenses, right? So we've seen uh, crossing routes or teams out leveraging the wide receivers. I mean, the um, defensive backs when they're in man coverage, if they're an outside technique, there's a trail technique and guys are running away. When you have an Adoree Jackson who can make up that speed and save a touchdown, it's great. But when you don't, you need to have, um, you need to be able to have a linebacker on the field that you, we call it a cut where he just jumps in the throwing lane on a slant or on a crossing route. Mm-hmm. Um, Landon Collins has a better feel for spacing and leverage uh, than the current linebackers that any of the linebackers they can put on the field, including um, Jalen Smith. He's a guy who's played it from a leverage position at safety. So if you say we're going to call one trail cut or whatever it's going to be, Landon knows how to show at the line of scrimmage and get right in the throwing lane on the crossing route or eliminate that that window. Um, right now, what you're seeing is guys will drop out. They have no sense of, you know, pattern reads or or they know what the call they're anticipating by calling certain things, but they can't even locate the receiver. They're just kind of just out there, right? So I would like to see Wink incorporate um, Collins in those types of situations because I think he's a be- he has a better feel for leverage um, and spacing. Uh, in those types of defenses. Um, cornerbacks are competing, you know. Uh, yeah, aside from the double move, yeah. Um, aside from the double move that got Dorian, we had talked about this because they were going quick. And they yeah, were on the those air, out, you, called, you called it like one play earlier. Yeah, I said they got to be careful for a double move. And um, I, I spoke with the defensive back coach, Jerome Henderson, and he actually kind of put that on him. He said because they were going fast and he kind of anticipated it too and never told them to watch for the double move. And, you know, by the time he was going to, they were already in it. And so uh, cornerback seems to be shaping up safeties. I want to see, I want to hear more from Xavier McKinney, right? I want to hear more. He's playing, I'm seeing good play. I want to hear more. When I say hear more, I want us to call his name for interception for, and they all play within the scheme of their, their team, but he's had a sack. He's had good pressures. We need more activity out of him. And that's not necessarily a function of, of how he's playing right now. Cause he's doing his job. Um, but I think there's more we can get from him. I want to say his name more. I want more activity out of him. Julian Love has been phenomenal uh, for this team. Um, and they have really good, and you know, Xavier, Xavier McKinney is, is as good as they come at that position. So I want to, I want to get more. I want to hear more. I want to say more about him. Yeah. They're going to have to have an open audition for punt returner, right? I mean, you can't, well, you can't, you, they've, they've fumbled three punts this year. 
That's I mean, so, they've lost three fumbles. If you look at if you look at pregame warm-ups, they got like six guys returning punts. You know what I mean? So the audition's been ongoing, I'm assuming, but um, you know, <clears throat> what you have to get now in a mindset of, and I don't think this special teams unit will ever settle for it. But there is a mindset you can get. Go back there, fair catch it. We'll start wherever you get it. You know, we had that for a very long time with Phil McConkey because yeah, exactly. the trust of all the other guys, right? They were fumble. Guys had great skills, you know, return skills, but the ball was always on the ground. Does you no good, right? And so he knew Phil. Phil wasn't a great returner. He'd probably get you four yards. Uh, and if it opens up, he gets you 12 before somebody catches it, right? But you knew he could, he would, sure hand it and catch it so phil if it's not wide open fair catch it we'll start from where you are because that's a better start than putting our defense right back on the field and then there was dave megan right so it was a one two um they need a guy and again i just don't think this special team's coaching staff want to get to a mindset of saying okay just go out there and, and fair catch it because they understand that special teams in every one of their victories and in loss has contributed. Sure. Right. So you don't want to, you don't want to take the ability to contribute by saying do nothing is better than trying. Right. So I think they're going to, they're going to keep working with guys. Um, but at this point, if you're a liability, hey, go fair catch it until we know that, you know, there's something there that you can make a return. But listen, um, they've had some good returns this year, and it's probably why they continue to say we're going to be aggressive. And I would like to think that's the mindset of the coaching staff, that they're going to stay aggressive and they'll keep working with guys. And, you know, ball security is important. But Richie James has look, he's he's been a contributor on special teams for them. He had a bad game. You know, their special teams return units have contributed to victories, field position. Um well, I mean, listen, the, the special teams cr help create the Giants first touchdown the other day. Gillen punts yeah. it, it's down to the two, which had Seattle backed up, which makes them more conservative in how they're running their offense. Sure. And then the Dory Jackson makes a great play, forces the fumble by Lockett. Giants mm -hmm. recover it and they score. If that ball goes into the end zone, if the Gunners, you know, aren't watching where they are and they touch that end line, uh, the goal line, uh, then you get a touch back and and suddenly Seattle's starting out at the twenty, and maybe that none of that happens. Yeah. So I, I just think they're going to stay aggressive, Bob. Um, Maybe in past regime, regimes, they would be like, you know what, just go out there and fair catch it, and we'll start, and we'll see what happens. But this team is so in sync with every component that contributes and how they have to play football, right? Richard James is back there is because he can get you good field position. Now he's just got to hold on to the football. And again, you know, our knee-jerk, not our, but the fan base knee-jerk reaction is, oh, he's an asshole. He dropped the ball. He cost us the game. He's back there because he can get you great field position. And he wasn't an asshole prior to the Seattle game. So let's just see it for what it is. It's a bad game. 
yes, ball security is an issue. Yeah. So he's got to take care of that, which he can't, right? He's loose with the ball in traffic. Put two hands on it in traffic, and you're still probably going to get great field position for the team. But, and, and you know, he's somewhat of a risk taker, but there's a reward at the end of it. He's just got to take care of the football. Anything else on your mind here as we button this up until next week? Let me just think, man. Um, we'll see <clears throat> Evan Neal if he comes back. That'll be a major plus. Um, you know, you got to take your hat off to the offensive line coach, too. That's my last hat tip. The offensive line coach, they've Wisconsin. put a lot of combinations on the field. And whatever their schematic is, they're at least giving the quarterback a chance. Now, it's not it's not the cleanest pocket sometimes but boy if this were a year ago or two years ago with all the people they're in and out of it's they wouldn't yeah, be six two and hat, two yeah i got another hat tip too but just hats off and this is still on the offensive line deal hats off to the offensive line coach and start and, and and the players but nick fucking gates It's an unbelievable story. Nick fucking Gates comes in. You're a tight end, buddy. We're running behind you. Where did his man end up? On the other side of the center. Can I say it again, folks? Nick fucking Gates. Nicky you know, G. I'm so happy for him. I was talking to him on the back of the plane on the flight home. He was, you know, in that back alley area. And he was so happy. I mean, you know, he said, well, I got five snaps in because it felt so good. Like just to all the work, all the fear. If I never play again, family, you know, you just it. it way to go. It Nick. Gives you, it's giving me chills here. You talk about it, man, because look, the guy went in, they put him in as an extra tight end. And his guy ended up on the other side, not the other side of the line of scrimmage from left to the right guard position he drove his and that's where they ran the ball i yep. it's just it's feels so good but it's also a testament to what he's done to get back but you could tell he never lost that mentality because that's the way he was playing prior to getting hurt undrafted free agent a lot yeah. of spirit good story all right carl well how do we like to end it tell a friend to tell a friend believe, believe in giants, in giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.